to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hi, it's Rose here. This week, we're talking about the recent volcanic eruption in Indonesia, the discovery of a tiny exoplanet, Christmas traditions, and Zara reviews the classic book, Animal Farm. This is our last podcast of 2021, so we all wish our listeners a very happy and healthy winter holiday. We'll be back in January. Hello, this is Isa. This week, there was bad news from Indonesia. On Saturday, the 5th of December, Mount Sumeru on Java Island erupted and as a result, rescuers in Indonesia have been busy searching for survivors in villages that were buried by hot ash. At least 14 people have died and lots more injured. At least 11 villages have been covered in volcanic ash. Houses were buried to their rooftops. About 1,300 people have been evacuated. Mount Samira rises 3,676 metres above sea level and is among Indonesia's almost 130 active volcanoes. Mount Samira is in a near-permanent state of eruption and it regularly spews ash up to 4,300 metres, but this eruption was a very significant increase in activity. Videos shared by emergency officials and local media in Indonesia showed residents running away as a giant ash cloud rose behind them. Volcanoes show that there are very powerful forces at work inside Earth. Below the Earth's core, there is a red hot liquid called magma. A volcano is a rupture on the Earth's crust, which allows lava, ash and gases to escape when magma rises to the surface. Indonesia has the largest volcano chain in the world because it sits on what is known as the Pacific Ring of Fire. Although the ground that we walk on seems to be solid, the Earth's surface is actually made up of huge pieces of flat rock called tectonic plates. They float on a top layer of softer squidgy rock called the mantle. These plates can move rubbing against each other or one sliding below another. When the plates rub or slide together, the movement forces waves of energy to come to the Earth's surface, which can produce earthquakes and volcanoes. The Ring of Fire is located on the edge of the Pacific Ocean and is an area where many of the Earth's tectonic plates meet, causing frequent volcanic activity. Volcanoes can change the weather and cause rain, thunder and lightning. Fast-moving lava can kill people, plants and animals and falling ash can make it hard for them to breathe. Scientists who specialise in volcanoes are called volcanologists and they can use lots of techniques to predict when volcanoes will erupt. Unfortunately, they cannot predict it this time. Hi, it's Laurie here. Scientists have spotted one of the smallest planets ever discovered outside of our solar system. A scorching hot world made of iron. A year on the planet is only 8 hours long. As this is the amount of time it takes the planet to move around its home star. It takes our planet Earth 365 and a quarter days to orbit our sun which is the length of our year. Named 
GJ367b, it is roughly the size of planet Mars and half the mass of Earth, making it one of the lightest exoplanets. Its surface temperature reaches up to 1500 degrees Celsius, which is hot enough for metals to melt. So it's definitely not a place humans can live. The researchers said on Thursday they managed to detect the planet located a relatively close 31 light years from Earth and can understand some of its important characteristics. Scientists are keen to find exoplanets that might be home to life forms. The newly discovered one certainly could not, as it's too hot. But other small exoplanets found and studied using the same methods might emerge as good candidates for hosting other forms of life. Christina Lamb with the German Aerospace Center said, It seems to have similarities to Mercury. This brings research one step forward in the search for a second Earth. Hi, it's Rose here. I really enjoyed hearing Laurie's story about Thanksgiving last week, so I was inspired this week to do some research into our own Christmas traditions. Have you ever wondered why people have Christmas trees, eat mince pies that don't have mints in, or put Christmas stockings at the ends of their beds on Christmas Eve? Or why some people eat turkey for Christmas? Let's start with the Christmas trees. Few of us question why we stick a dead tree in the corner of our living room and cover it in decorations. The tradition dates back to medieval Germany and northern France, where plays recounting the creation of the world were a popular midwinter tradition. In every production performed on the 24th of December, there was a tree on stage decorated with apples and ribbons, which symbolised the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. It was Queen Victoria who made Christmas trees fashionable in Britain after her German husband, Prince Albert, decorated his own at Windsor Castle in 1841. Mince pies are another weird one. Why are they called mince pies when there's no actual mince in them? Well, once upon a time, they did. Mince pies were brought to Europe in the 13th century by crusaders returning from the Middle East. Originally, pies contain a mixture of minced meat, suet, a range of fruits and spices such as cinnamon, cloves and nutmeg. It became a lot sweeter during its renaissance in the Victorian era and the meat thankfully was dropped from the recipe. Christmas stockings are a tradition I do love. In our house, we put our stockings by the fireplace, but I know some people put them on their beds. According to tradition, the original St. Nicholas put gold coins in the stockings of three poor sisters. One night, the girls left their stockings drying over the fireplace. St. Nicholas knew the family was very poor, so he threw three bags of golden coins down the chimney. The money landed in the sisters' stockings. Since then, children have hung up their Christmas stockings on Christmas Eve, hoping to find them filled with gifts in the morning. And lastly, what about that turkey? Well, this is a strange one, as it's hard to find a clear answer. It has been claimed that Henry VIII was the first person in Britain to eat turkey for his Christmas meal, although there is not much evidence of this and why it became a tradition. Maybe the American tradition of eating turkey for Thanksgiving had something to do with it. Until Victorian times, beef and goose were actually the meats of choice for Christmas dinner. Turkey was in fact only ever eaten by the rich. It wasn't until after the Second World War that turkeys overtook geese as the most popular festive meat, partly due to the widespread adoption of the fridge in the family homes, as people didn't have to worry so much about uneaten meat spoiling. So there you go. 
Whether you follow the Christmas traditions or not, I wish you all, and that's every single one of you, a very lovely winter holiday and a happy new year. Hello, this is Zara. This week, I read the book Animal Farm by George Orwell, which was first published in 1945. The book is about a farm owned by Mr. Jones, who uses his men and whips to keep all the animals on the farm under his control. Sometimes animals are treated badly, and this leads to one of the animals, an old pig called Old Major, calling a meeting in the barn and telling the animals about his dream of a place where all animals live together with no human beings to oppress or control them. Sadly, Old Major dies shortly after his inspirational speech, but it leads to the three younger pigs to realising the dream and they manage to defeat Mr Jones and take control of the land, renaming the property Animal Farm. The farm seems to prosper under the control of the animals, although there are always battles with Mr Jones to retain control. However, there are also fights over control between the animals. It was amusing thinking about the animals taking control of the farm, and it did make me think a lot about power and control. When the animals took over, it was not necessarily the physically strong animals, like Boxer the horse, that were in control. It was the clever pigs. It was also eye-opening that when the animals took over, it wasn't the end of the battle for control, even amongst themselves. And it also wasn't the end of cruelty. And the animals ended up behaving as badly as Mr. Jones. So although it seemed like a really simple story about animals trying to manage themselves after rebelling against their masters, there are really important themes to think about. It is a book about freedom, rebellion, and the corrupting nature of power. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.